yeah, it was a, it was a trip, but it was also like so refreshing to have, you know, there were little kids in the show who like one of them had an abuela with him and the, the parents would alternate. It was so refreshing to like walk downstairs in the lobby and see abuela bring me like una cosita, something to eat, whatever, you know, she'd be like, are you hungry? It was so nice to feel that again, that like a multi-generational thing to yeah. just have people who have your back. And like, I was like, oh, that's such a part of Latin culture, like the warmth of just having people's back. Hey, it's Brazil. Talk to me. New York, I know you have it. Yeah. Humans, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of La Mezcla. My name is Adrian Burke or Adrian Burke. I'm the creator and host of this program. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Make sure that you're subscribed. Really trying to get more people to subscribe and download because part of having a show is that you try to get more people to listen to it. So I'm going to be more of a dick about that now. <laughs> um, uh, thank you so much for listening. This is our second quarantine episode. I hope that you're safe uh, and sound wherever that you're quarantined. Uh, and I'm so thankful that you're here. Let's uh, let's get into today's guest. Our guest today is the the wonderful, radiant Marina Perez. Uh, Marina is she's the she's the shit. She's the total package. She's a, a Brazilian actor, singer, songwriter. Uh, you've seen her. You've probably seen her if you live in this country. She's been all over the place, specifically uh, with the national tour of the Gloria Estefan musical on Get On Your Feet. Uh, she's also um, sad to say the coronavirus threw a wrench in this, but she's also about to make her Broadway debut as Jasmine in Aladdin on Broadway, which is a huge fucking deal. Marina and I used to do improv together. I really, really love her, and I love this conversation, and I think you will too. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Marina Perez. Legit, I am so fucking sick of Zoom. I fully realize we're doing this on Zoom, but I'm I'm dying. Have you have you gotten pulled into any like part? I I went to a Zoom party last week, and I wanted to oh die the entire time because <laughs> it's just like thirty people. I and keep my birthday's coming up, and they're like, we should have a Zoom party, and I'm like, uh, you know, let's have don't a need one. Don't let's need one. Sit outside and not stare at a screen. Because it's like everybody thinks they're the funny one and like it's just like <laughs> mad overlapping <laughs> jokes and I just, I can't do it. I really can't do it. Hi, hi. Hi, hi, hi. Um, yes. Yeah, no, my, my brother, <laughs> my brother has roped the whole family into spending one time together on Zoom every Wednesday night. For, but like it started as like a let's get together as a family and now it's turned into like a Bible study. And I'm no. like, y'all, I have not worshipped Jesus since I was 14 years old. Please do not wrong me. Yikes. I'm like, can I bring in, like, Buddhist mantras? Like, what can I contribute? Yeah, and yeah. so I just come and, like, sing a song. Are you a practicing so Buddhist? No, I've, I'm not a practicing anything. I, I just celebrated Passover with my oh, with Luke's family, like, all week. I, I believe in God. I uh, was raised Roman Catholic but I don't, I, and I was a practicing Buddhist in college, and then it made me really um, 
indifferent to being alive. And so I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> mm, yeah, the whole like uh, let go of attachments thing, right? Yeah, I was like mm. so detached. I didn't know what I wanted. I, and then I was like desire was reintroduced into my life in a way that I was like, oh, this is a fueling, this is like a good thing. Desire lets me know what it is I want for myself. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah so that was a, a discovery but now i just like take whatever whatever i like science and i like poetry about god and the universe so i just kind of like make up i have my own relationship with god but i don't call it's it it's all about it's all about thing. finding a balance right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. cool so, yeah all right let's start the show all right. let's do it <laughs> <laughs> okay hi marina Hi. How, How are, are you? you? Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh! Thank you. I'm so happy we made it happen during yes. the coronation. Truly, of all time. This is an in, this is an interview nearly two years in the making. Right. <laughs> we were talking about it right before I started recording, but I've legit for my listeners, for my mom's friends, I've legit been trying to get <laughs> to be on the show for at least eighteen months. Right. A small child's worth. Of yes. Time. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, yeah, just being on the road. And now, I mean, it's so stupid because of course we could have done this at any time because it's, yeah. oh, it's online, but for some it's reason, true, but this is only the second, it. <laughs> this is only the second one I've recorded remotely. Cause like, oh. you know, the Corona thing happened. And then like, I spent two weeks being like, I don't want to do anything. Like the world is on but, fire. Like, same. Ugh. Yeah. Same. There was lots of angst and lots of like, how do I do, how, how am I going to be productive from home? This makes no mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, home is such a like turning my brain off place. Exactly. Yeah. Especially because we're performers and it's like, I yeah. don't want to be an Instagram live performer. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't want to be. Absolutely not. Uh, but okay. So let's, uh, welcome to La Mescla. Let's, uh, let's start, um, the way I always start them, which is just, uh, introduce yourself to, uh, oh, can you hear me? Okay. Great. Yeah. You were just a little fuzzy for a second, but you're back now. Yeah. It gets fucked up sometimes. My internet's it's not the good. best, but, uh, so just introduce yourself to my mom's friends tell us where you grew up and where your parents are from. Cool. I'm Marina Pires or Marina Pyrus for everyone. <laughs> Um, I was originally, I was born in Brazil, raised in West Palm Beach, Florida, and yeah, I moved to New York shortly after college in 2013, mm -hmm. and been living there ever since. And where in Brazil were you born? Where in Brazil, Goiânia. It's the, it's sort of like the Nashville of Brazil, it's the country music capital, and there's like cowboys and pickup trucks and okay, like harmonies floating all over the place and steel string guitars it's great that's dope and both of your parents are yeah. from there my parents are from a state called minas gerais um which is which actually directly translates to general mills believe it or not um <laughs> which i always thought was super <laughs> weird um but they're from also a more um rural state so got it we're, we're country folk got uh, it i feel that that tracks i feel like you're you have a very yeah. like folk <laughs> music country vibe yeah i never understood the tracking of it until i started writing music and i was like oh 
<laughs> oh, <Same>. yes. <laughs> this makes sense. This makes sense. Same. So yeah. when, did, when did you move to Florida? I moved to Florida when I was three. So okay. my family sort of just dragged, took me along for the ride. Um, my parents were 45 when they immigrated to the States. Mm. And I think they were not expecting to stay forever. I think they were expecting to just come and check it out. And um, I had an aunt at the time who was getting her PhD in Wisconsin, but my mom was like, no, 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 too freezing for us. We're not going there. <laughs> um, and she had a really, really great friend who lived in Palm Beach. So, um, so I guess we were in West Palm Beach. We, we were going to go to Disney and like live our lives in Orlando for a second and then go home. And then we just decided to stay. They, they realized that we would have a better life here. And then, um, you know, so that I could pursue musical theater and that's beautiful. So <laughs> my wait, siblings what, could pursue whatever they wanted. Hmm? Were you are, were you already going to pursue musical theater that young? Oh God. No, no, I just, I, that was a horribly, <laughs> a, a joke made in horribly poor taste. God, um, well, no, that get your, was, get your um, shit together, Marina, seriously. Get my shit together. Right. Exactly. <laughs> what do you do? So uh, talk to me about like what, uh, West Palm Beach, you said? Mm-hmm. West Palm. So, so it's like an hour north of Miami. I grew it. up, um, just lots of like beach, lots of going to the beach, um, every birthday party I've had since I was a kid was either at like Disney or the beach. So wow. Loved. That loved like could, could not be more different than my childhood. It's wild. Oh, every really? time I talk to somebody who grew up, I've, I've had a couple of people on the show who grew up in Miami. And every time I hear about that or ever, anytime I hear my mom talk about like her childhood, she's just like, yeah, I spent all my time at the beach. And I just be like, fuck, <laughs> I wish I had that. <laughs> Yeah, that was, it was really fun. I went to school, my, I went to high school relatively close to like the downtown area, which is pretty close to the beach, like five minute drive. Mm -hmm. And when I had a car, I would just like chuck my bathing suit on my rear view mirror and just let it dry and then like put it on again. Which thinking back is probably pretty gross, but I did it. And are there, are there a lot of Brazilians in that part of Florida? I know it's mad Cubans down there. Um, It is mad Cubans. Um, pretty much everywhere in South Florida, but Brazilians typically, sorry, typically in Pompano Beach, Florida, lots of Brazilians, lots of really good Brazilian restaurants down there. Mm. Um, but in, we, we had a pretty cool congregation. My mom actually started a, um, mass in Portuguese at the church that was right across the street from our building growing up. What, was it a Catholic Catholic mass? Yeah, or? Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. Got it. And um, she invited a a priest down from Pompano, and like there were there were a lot of people in that congregation. I'd say probably, I mean, I don't know, at least a at least a hundred, a few hundred people of of people. So I grew up sort of speaking to them in Portuguese whenever I could. My mom would make me like read stuff up on up on the pulpit. <laughs> wow. Just listening to mass in Portuguese and, and music in Portuguese kind of like trained me to have some semblance of like correct grammar in Portuguese. Yeah. So but, she was um, like she was kind of on you about that, it. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. At home we kind of spoke mostly in Portuguese if if there was like one thing or the other I would like respond to them in English 
and mm. then they would respond back to me in Portuguese. So I would have to, you know, they were 45 years in. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. No, like I think Portuguese that's the, in the household, and they still. I, th I think that's one of the benefits of like them having come here when they were a little older, because like my mom came here yeah. when she like 21 22 and i definitely like mm -hmm. spanish was my first language and we spoke it in the house but i think had she been older and more set in that culture when she moved here it would have been much more of a point of like you don't speak english to me in this fucking house <laughs> yeah i still i mean it's not it's not to the, that point it's not like they don't get angry about it but they the even if we start a conversation in english it usually ends in portuguese yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so did you know English when you moved here? No. Um, I sort of just learned in school and watching TV. You know, I was mm. young enough where I sort of picked it up. But I did, I forgot to mention this part of my story, is I went, I moved back to Brazil when I was uh, six. And I about a year, year and a half with my cousins and my aunt's house, my aunt Cassia and my three cousins, um, mm -hmm. half a Bruna and Isabella. And I lived at their place and they had an ice cream shop, shout outs, shout outs. And they had an ice cream shop. And I remember like coming home from school and going to the ice cream shop and like having lunch and then getting ice cream. It was the best. My God, that's the gorgeous. best year. Yeah, it was the best. And, and just growing up in like a multi-generational home was something that all my cousins in Brazil had and experienced right. like their entire lives. Whereas um, coming here, I just had, well, I had my parents and my siblings that are almost, it's funny because they're a lot older than me. Both my siblings are 11 years older than me and 14 years oh, older. Oh, wow. So, wow, wow. So there was a big age gap. So it was sort, sort of felt like a multi-generational home <laughs> yeah. in some way. Um, no, I think that's but a really yeah. interesting point because I think as far as American <laughs> culture goes, like people don't live that way. Like generally speaking, yeah, grandma's generally, not living yeah. in the same house as the kids, in the same house as Tia, in the same house as whoever. Yeah. Um, but it, it's in, in South America, at least in my experience, that's very much more in the culture. Totally. Yeah. And um, we had a pretty cool setup. It was like one house, my grandma and my grandpa Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline lived in and then the other house my cousins lived in and what was um they were separated by a garden lot so like mm. it was really cool it was sort of like a little haven little compound yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um and then so yeah so i lived there with with them without my parents which was the craziest part um my mom was, i bet that was awesome though yeah it was, <laughs> it was cool <laughs> um was, yeah a small slice of of independence at a very, very young age, but, um, but really cool. Yeah. Cool to, to kind of be raised with my cousins and, and go to school with them every day at like 6am. Mind I add, what? it was so, it was, it was so weird. We'd go to school at 6am and then we'd come home at lunch. 
and then we just stay home after lunch. It makes, it makes great sense. I just was never awake. Yeah. Like I was just so tired when I got to school all the time, but I, I mean, I woke up pretty quickly, I guess. At least you got to come home yeah, early. Figured out. Yeah. Yeah. So how about, how about like your social circles coming up? Like what, what, what are your friend groups looking like? We're talking like, mm. I don't know, like middle school to high school years in Florida. Like what sort of crowd are you middle running Middle school with? to high school years. Oh God, I was running with, I think I was really, mm, I was run. I was running with the crowds of like, I loved, I went through phases, like every year <clears throat> of middle school, I like had a different phase. I was really into like hip hop music and I still am not like contemporary hip hop music. I don't like, I can't grasp it entirely what's going on today, but sure. in the early 2000s, it was of banging. And, we, and my, we actually had this conversation the other day, we were asking like, what CD, what was your first like purchase with your own money? Ooh. And mine was 50 cent. Oh no, it wasn't 50 cent. It was um, G unit, like get rich wow. or die trying. I'm not even kidding. Yes. And um, so that was my first CD that I bought with my own money. And um, that's beautiful. So I, I think mine was, I think mine was a shitty pop punk CD. Probably. <laughs> 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 great things we still are guilty pleasures to this day yes, yes. um i bet yeah so i just hung around i went to an art school so the crowd was i was pretty lucky in that regard that like um there were like cliques of course but people sort of were open to hanging out with everybody and i remember at, at lunch i would just sort of like float around from click to click and like hang ah. out with my friends in each in each group it was cool because going to school in Florida, we're like in a, in a pretty open courtyard, which yeah. is great unless it's raining, which it's horrible. Um, but, but I remember just going around under the little awnings and like chatting with my, with my friends. Ah, uh, the so. floater, the social butterfly. The floater. Oh, I was definitely the floater. Yeah. That's beautiful. Was it a performing arts school or just arts yeah. in general? Yeah. Performing arts school. Um, so I went to an elementary school of the arts. Okay. Uh, a middle school, the arts and a high school, the arts. So I kind of, I really liked the way that they, I went to private school in Brazil and I went to, um, I went to a public school here in the States too, when I was very young. Um, and I liked the schooling, but I really wanted to be immersed in trying all sorts of stuff. And really, I think my mom wanted to keep me out of trouble after school. So mm -hmm. Um, there were a lot of after-school programs. I remember the middle and high school, and so, um, so I really loved that. Like education. which, like which ones? What after-school programs did you do? Oh gosh, um, I did. I did. I was in a bells choir. What is that? I was uh, like a bell choir, like just <laughs> like you're ringing a choir bells? where you're ringing bells. Yeah, I had like <laughs> B flat and C, and that's what I've never even heard about. of that. It's but you're not singing. Yeah. It's just like, no, it's just bells. Did you have to like wear <laughs> uniforms? Yeah, you wore your like you know maroon sack dress or whatever. Oh my god! Please, please tell me you With did like a like... bib. <laughs> tell me you, please tell me you did like pop songs. 
I don't even remember. I think we did like old gospel hymns and things. Okay, sure. I don't, that I makes can't sense. quite remember. Oh, I know. I remember we wore white gloves. That was the other. Oh my god! Fun thing about Bell's Choir. I've never yeah. even heard of Bell's <laughs> Choir. That is amazing. <laughs> I was in Bell's Choir, and then I also did. Um, oh man! I mean, I played violin when I was young, so we would have okay. stuff after school. We'd have to like rehearse after school. Um, what, and music, Bell's, I'm assuming, was always like a, a big focus for you? Um, my sister was always the singer in the family. Mm-hmm. And I was just always like this crazy little tomboy running around, like having too much energy and not knowing how to channel it. So I was trying all sorts of stuff. Mm. Um, my sister, so it took me a while. It took me until probably high school to sing, really. Um, and to feel confidence doing that. Um, but I used to sing at church, you know, all the time, sort of like backing up my sister. Mm. Um, and yeah, I guess I got into acting in middle school because I had to audition for the middle school and had to find like a monologue. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always amazed. One of my survival gigs is teaching this uh, acting class for for kids in in New York City, and mm. a lot of the, a lot of them are like they go to LaGuardia or like one of the other like PPAS, like one of the performing mm-hmm. arts schools. And I'm always like blown away by the level of prep they have to do just to get into school, let alone like actually do their work. Like if yeah. I had to, if I I didn't go to any performing arts school, but I was always doing like acting and singing stuff. But like yeah. if I had to audition to get into school, I think I just would have crumbled under the pressure. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I think those are the two auditions where I like almost puked. Mm. Those are the most nerve-wracking times I think people at in the audition room are the kindest educators like I've ever known Mr. Sims was one of my huge mentors who's since passed away and like just lovely lovely people you know people who teach art school but um so nerve-wracking as a kid I remember prepping like I don't even know for for college auditions they made us do in high school, we had like a senior showcase where we had to prep four monologues, four songs. What? And perform them all, like <laughs> all in succession. Do they even like, make four, you do that for like grad four. school auditions? Right. Like, that's I'm like, what the hell? So yeah, four monologues and four, and then or maybe we had to perform like a selection from that because I can't remember. I can't imagine sitting through you know thirty students doing four monologues and four songs. Yeah. But um. But yeah, they could they could ask you to do any of them. So you had to have all of them prepared. And did you, so when you're, so let's, I guess, uh, just focusing on high school, um, mm. like, did you find yourself mostly just focusing on your craft and like being in Florida, like being with the friends you had? Like, did you feel your Brazilian identity sort of like, was that in the foreground for you or sort of in the background at that point? Or it could be neither. Um, it was always something that I carried with me, but it wasn't, um, it definitely wasn't in the foreground. I didn't feel like it made me any different just because I think South Florida is so diverse. You have like people from people's like Haitian background, Cuban, Mexican, every from everywhere, Puerto Rican. Um, so I, so everybody sort of had, everybody was sort of mezclado (laughs) anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did feel it 
I sort of started to uh, understand more what it meant, like recently after I did On Your Feet and like yeah. really embrace, I understood what it meant to embrace my Latin roots fully and yeah. not have to sort of like justify the way I was to people. Yeah. Which just to make it clear to our audience, to make it clear how awesome you are, you did the national tour national of On Your tour Feet. National tour of On Your Feet. Mm -hmm. Which yeah. is the Gloria Estefan musical. See. Si. If you and, have not, um, if you don't know the music of Gloria Estefan, get your shit together, people. <laughs> get it together. Um, yeah. And you, you, I mean, how, long were you, how long were you on that tour? Oof, uh, a year and two months. Jesus. So it was my first tour and it was the longest time I'd ever been on the road with anything um including like my own my music um and yeah it was a it was a trip but it was also like so refreshing to have you know there were little kids in the show who like one of them had an abuela with him and the, <laughs> the parents would alternate it was so refreshing to like walk downstairs in the lobby and see abuela bring me like una cosita something to eat whatever you know mm. she'd be like are you hungry it was so nice <laughs> to feel that again, that like a multi-generational thing yeah. to just have people who have your back. And like, I, I was like, oh, that's such a part of Latin culture, like the warmth of just having people's back um, in, a, in a family unit like that. So I don't know, it was, it was really refreshing and, and brought me back to like being proud of, proud of those roots, however yeah. messy and tangled and yeah, that's. Be I mean, what a show to like. What a show to be working on to like really bring that out of you too. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool, especially since, you know, I was hesitant going into the show, because, Cubans from Miami are a very specific. Person, you know, yeah. and I was like, I'm from West Palm Beach, so I I had many 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 friends who were Cuban and from Miami, but like I'm not Cuban and from Miami. You know, yeah. I'm Brazilian from yeah. West Palm Beach. Yeah, so which for I, anybody, I just, which for anybody in any <laughs> other part of America would be like, that's the same. Like thing. what? <laughs> <laughs> You're brown and from South Florida. What do you mean? <laughs> exactly. um, but I think even it's a very specific cultural heritage, you know. And so I was like, I felt sort of like imposter syndrome. Like, am I, am I qualified to do this yeah. thing? But I brought. Yeah. A lot of myself into it and I brought um, the love that I had for Cuban culture in Miami which I knew very well and I loved so much and I worked my butt off and it was it was like one of the most rewarding experiences ever so yeah super, fuck super yeah I think as long as you as long as you come from a place of your own gen like genuine authentic appreciation then it can't you can't really go wrong you know what I mean yeah, yeah. but it's I think that's definitely a struggle with most of the actors that I've talked to in the show and even for me whenever I get called in for for Spanish language stuff of the like oh well I'm not Mexican like I can't mm -hmm. like necessarily speak specifically to like being a Mexican person and it kind of uh it, it fucks with your head yeah and it's I mean it also I think brings up the fact that like culturally I mean it's it's a great thing that they're trying to portray people more accurately portray people's cultures a little bit more accurately um because for so long i felt like they were just like okay latin hispanic whatever yes um yeah. and puerto rican everyone's puerto whatever rican. you may right not everybody is caribbean you know yeah. like not everybody is 
or and then there's like afro latino people and there's there are so many different cultures within you know latin america that it's um that it was hard for me to to even feel okay like portraying things that people were were expecting me to portray so yeah so i think it's interesting that you're screaming in the background um i think it's that's sort of evolving that our our culture and entertainment is evolving to include everyone in that way absolutely Um, do you do you feel like there's anything you need just because you're sort of more steeped in the musical theater world and i'm sort of i've become foreign to that world like do you feel like there's anything Mm. unique about the about the way that change is happening in the musical theater world as opposed to like the entertainment industry at large? Hmm. Um, and the answer could very easily be like, I don't know. Yeah, man, I don't, I don't know, especially at this moment in time. Like, right, I when nothing's no happening. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have absolutely no clue what's happening. Um, Yo, in a year, there are going to be some real, some real coronavirus <laughs> musicals. There are going to be some workshops at Ripley Greer with some coronavirus ballads. I can't wait. I can't wait to sing my 16 bars. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think this particular moment in time and, and the way that the industry is reacted to it um, and the way people still are reacting to it is telling. And I really appreciated the response of everyone in the industry as soon as it happened. I thought it was the responsible thing to do to close down, to shut down for an indefinite amount of time. Absolutely. And um, I think it speaks to, I hope it speaks to how much we care about our community. Um, yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I haven't been able to process like really fully yeah. what's yeah. going on. I mean, I think especially in your case, which we should just like, <laughs> which we should just, we should just like get about. into. So hi, everybody, mom's friends. <laughs> um, Marina's very cool. She literally right before the world collapsed, just booked uh, Jasmine in Aladdin on Broadway, which we were yeah. all incredible and still are incredibly excited about. Of course. On a whole nother level. <laughs> yes. Which is, this is your debut, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is wild. Debut. That is wild. So please, <laughs> yeah. please, please take us through the experience of getting this job and then the entire industry shutting down. Right. So I'm so glad we started with a chat about my, you know, me being a little pipsqueak in the arts because it started there. You know, I sort of always knew I wanted to do I wanted to do this. And I, I remember dreaming of like being on Broadway when I was like nine, making little, oh my God, I thought of this story today that I had to tell you. When I was younger, I used to um, grab my mom's like tape recorder with those tiny like VHS, DVHS tapes. Yes, and mini DV tapes. Yes. Mini, yeah, those mini ones. And I would like draw on a mustache and like film myself, stop the camera, rub it off, put on a hat and like do the other part, of course. And, um, and I was thinking like, this is modern day TikTok. This is old school TikTok, I mean. And, um, 
And so I always think about that little kid because that little ready to go to New York and like starve for it. I, I remember the the dream was not to just be on Broadway and live in New York in this big glamorous city, but like I dreamt of the hustle. <laughs> wow. And uh, so, you, so I, yeah, you had like yeah, realistic yeah. dreams. Right. I guess. I don't That's know. Funny. It was just like a really twisted little kid. But um, I've just, I remember being really excited to like hustle and what it was going to feel like when it actually happened, you know, it was going to make it that much better. And um, I remember the day I got the call, I was in bed and I had just done a little meditation and I was like basically releasing the idea that I would book it Mm. because I was so stressed out that week. I had been in for, um, I was in finals for like another show and that whole week I'd been driving in from Frenchtown, New Jersey, like an hour and 15, an hour and a half every day. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we weren't living in the city at the mall at the time. And it was just a really stressful, I was like, do I even want this? What does this even mean? Like, I don't even know. I just, I've always wanted to do Sondheim. What is, you know, what does Disney have to do with any of it? Yeah, and yeah, having yeah. all of these doubts, like, clouding clouding me and then um and then i was just like you know i need i need to breathe and i need to let it go and whatever's meant to be will be and uh, i got the call from my manager that it was happening wild so it was a crazy crazy (laughs) just so everybody knows the way i met marina was doing musical improv for audiences (laughs) of 15 people (laughs) so so this is truly this is truly wonderful this is truly yeah god i miss those days though yeah me too. no clue i miss those I, i miss those rehearsals more than anything yeah um but yeah so so i mean it was a wild ride i think i didn't I didn't even feel comfortable in audition rooms until super recently, like until last year, I didn't fully like accept who I was as a performer and didn't try to mold or shape myself. And I mean, I still do to this day, but sure. it's hard, that's, you know, that's a constant struggle, I think. Right. And it's yeah. part of it. I think, you know, we're, yeah. we're chameleons. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it felt incredible. It was like baby Marina was sobbing and I called my mom and she freaked out. Um, but also, but also it was this, when, when Broadway shut down, <laughs> it was this um, like, holy cow only this could have stopped this from happening, you know, like it's literally okay, the only thing I still, I, I did it, but I, I didn't know how to process not being able to fully do the thing. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was still really important to celebrate, you know, of course, yeah. celebrate the fact that it will happen at yeah. some point, I hope. And it will um, happen. It will definitely, yeah, happen. it will, it will definitely happen. And, um, and gosh, what a joyous occasion it will be when it does happen. Like, are you kidding? Like, it's going yeah, to be, gonna be, you know, crazy. I would have just been joining the show on a Tuesday. Like, it was nothing. I wouldn't have gotten an opening night or a rehearsal with the full cast other than the pudding. Yeah. And now, yeah. I don't, you know, now we'll probably have, like, 
two weeks, like a week of rehearsal at least. How do That's you? That's crazy. That's crazy. Months of not doing a show. So I mean, and who knows? This is all hypothetical because, uh, to be honest, like we know nothing. We could be out of jobs for another year, and God forbid. Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's it's the you know, same thing. Know. It's the same thing for everybody. I'm this week. Right. I'm doing three self tapes for things that will almost definitely <laughs> never happen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so right. like so. Yeah. So, but I mean, I'm still hopeful and, and I, I picture the day that it does happen all the time and I visualize it and I give it good juju and I, I see all those smiling, happy, incredible, wonderful people I met in the, in my first two weeks at Aladdin on stage and I'm right there with them and it's, it's a thrill, but, um, yeah. Yeah. And it's going to happen. And I think what's great, I think what's great about you that I think is increasingly becoming more of a thing for, for most of the community in New York City is that you're a self-sustaining artist, like with your own shit going on outside of like the jobs that the Disney's Mm. of the world might give to you. Like what, tell us about like Heartstrings Project, for example. Man, oh, I love the Heartstrings Project. Um, We're a band, but we're also not, we're, we're doing a lot of work right now with kids and we hope to be uh, a community that sort of people can feel a part of and feel like they can um, connect with musically, artistically and creatively. And so um, it's me, my boyfriend and my boyfriend's brother, Luke and Elias are their names. Mm -hmm. And uh, they actually had the idea to start the Heartstrings Project before I even met them, um, they would have like weekly meetings in their in their home, and you just come and create sort of like a Shabbat service if you're like a Shabbat um, mm-hmm. dinner. Um, That's cool. So you come and hang and eat food and talk about life and sing, and um, and so that evolved as time went on, and then it was just a band. We've been touring. We um, have a song coming out today actually it's no on, shit really on itunes today spotify okay. it's called well, this will probably this will probably not come out for another like week and that a half is fine. But... <laughs> um at least they'll know when we sat down to do this um i will put it in the episode description and okay and um so yeah we've we've over the last two years come out with a few singles. We've written a lot more than we've been able to put out, um, Mm -hmm. but we've just recorded an album and we're putting them out sort of one song at a time. And this song, just a little bit is the second song off that album. That's beautiful. So yeah. And I think, I think with, I think with uh, Heartstrings, I I definitely really hear that like Nashville of Brazil influence (laughs) in terms of the vibe of the music. I mean, it's it's great to get to sing in three-part harmony. And like my biggest influence is like kind of getting into college. I went to school in Ohio. Mm-hmm. So like I discovered like, I mean, in high school too, but all this, all this folk music started coming onto my radar and um, really informed the way I listened to music. And it's right around the time when I started writing music. So it really informed the stuff that, came into my ears. And so, um, so yeah, I just, I really love that. I see that connection now between the Americana roots and the, yeah. my, my yeah. country <laughs> roots, which is hilarious. 
Would you ever, I, and I haven't heard every song, but do you sing in Portuguese at all with that band? Um, I have written, we've written a few songs. Um, okay. But we yeah, right. I'm, still, I'm still so nervous and shy about releasing music in Portuguese. Mm. Um, but we have, we, we wrote actually a song last year with this awesome producer, Jenner Malu in Brazil. Um, when we were there, Luke came to Brazil last year and, um, and it was awesome. He was like, oh, this is amazing. All the rhythms, all the, he kind of got to really feel it out. And um, I think we'll be doing more of that. I can't I, wait to I hear really it. I really do. I, I love do. Brazilian music. I was like raised on Save George. I like love yes, that type of feel. Amazing. My best friend, my best friend from high school is, uh, he lives across the street from my mom's place there and their family is Brazilian. So I was like very much like quasi raised on like Roberto Carlos, Seu George, like- Oh my people. gosh. My mom would kiss you if you even said the name Roberto Carlos to her. She's like mm. obsessed. She goes to see his concerts in Miami still, like to this day. She's I bet those are lit. I bet those are really cool. <laughs> They are lit. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, he sang it in Spanish. And when he's in Miami, he'll like sing something, sing a few things in Spanish. And she's like, yeah. he's so talented. He's still so handsome. I'm like, oh my God, mom. <laughs> down. you're making me blush. Yeah, so oh, she's, amazing. yeah, so funny. Um, but yeah, we, we were definitely looking, and there's some amazing like folk Brazilian artists. Like I'm listening to, oh my God, what's his name? Rodriguez um, is his last name. I'm going to get you. Please, even if, even, if it does, even if it doesn't happen on this, on this podcast, like text okay. me as many of them as you can. Oh my gosh, his stuff is so good. I'm going to just find it right here because. Yeah, go for it. I, I hear the song in my head, but I can't. Fabiano do Nascimento. Okay. Fabiano do Nascimento. Do Nascimento, okay. His music has been so, 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 so healing and so great in my life. Um, and it's sort of like a melding of the culture's that I feel. So whenever I listen to his music, I feel like, oh, this is, this is more towards center than, than all Beautiful. the other stuff I've ever heard. Yeah, I like his stuff a lot. Amazing. I listen, I've been listening to this woman, her name's Maro. Uh, yeah. I found, do you listen to her at all? I've heard of her. I don't, I don't. She's know. great. I just, she has a really interesting tone. She, she sings both in English and Portuguese and I've been really fucking with her lately. This podcast has just become us talking about what music we're listening to. <laughs> Oh, what are you gonna do? You gonna do? Um, yeah. Okay, we're like sort of winding down on time. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you would like to? Oh man, I would like to touch upon. <laughs> <laughs> we're twelve. We're twelve years old. Um, I would like to just say thank you to you and. I just want to let you know that the improv, the musical improv that we did together. Yes. Oh, like so beautiful. That time in my life was such a formative time in my life because it was some of the first years that I was really in New York, like living independently. Um, it was also the same at the same time, like a lot of things were changing in my life. Yeah. Um, and so it was just such a grounding thing to be able to 
meet with you guys every Monday and play. And um, yeah, I just want to speak I, I, to that. Because... I, feel this, I feel the same way. That, that was an incredibly formative time both like personally and creatively. I had like a lot of shit going on in my life. I will never forget the show we did in Sweden together. Legit, we, yes. we did a festival in Sweden. I will never forget that shit as long as I live. It was so much fun. It was uh, like yeah, some no. of the best times. Um, yeah, and some truly insane some truly insane shows we did. Some truly yeah. w- weird yeah, shows yeah, yeah. we did. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Uh, oh, yeah. And now, now here we are conquering the world in the middle of a global pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> here we are being as productive as we've ever been from the comfort of our own pajamas. You're goddamn right. You're yes, yes I am. <laughs> um, but I, I really hope I get to hug you a lot sooner than I think. Absolutely, and, I hope um, so too. And you bet your ass once the industry restarts, I will find my way into the new Amsterdam <laughs> theater. <laughs> Please. And I will be seeing that shit because I will. Come on over, baby. I will die. Absolutely. <laughs> Marina, thank you yeah, so much for being real. here. Thank you so much for doing this finally. Thank after you so forever. much. Thank you so much. I, I'm so happy to be here and so thrilled we could catch up. Same. And I will see you very soon. And that's it for this week's episode of La Mezcla. Thank you so much to Marina Pires for coming in. Thank you uh, to Zoom, I guess, for for hosting the conversation, even though I fucking hate Zoom. Sorry, Zoom. Oh, God. Uh, Thank you to Carly Hogendyke and Authentic Talent and Literary Management. Uh, and thank you to you, as always, for listening and engaging with the show. Please continue to tell people about it. Uh, I'm going to be stepping up the advertising efforts and whatnot soon. And uh, if you want to pitch yourself or you want to pitch a friend uh, to be on the show or whatever, uh, feel free to email lamesclapod at gmail.com or you can DM the Instagram for the show. Please like, review, and subscribe and all that shit. And um, hope you're staying safe with your family, your friends, whoever you're quarantined with. If you're quarantined alone, this goes out to you um i'm rambling now as i always do at the outros of this show uh but uh i hope you're all doing well and i will be back next week with another episode bye i got a long way to go but as far as i know i'm gonna stay on this road man credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.